Welcome to the Making Jobs Podcast, where we talk about car repair, business ownership, and everything in between. I'm your host, Matt Hernandez, founder and owner of Matt's Mobile Mechanics. And I'm your co-host, Tyler Schultz, with Witness Security. So without further ado, let's get the show on the road. We are back with the Making Jobs Podcast. So, um, today... I've got Tyler with me. Yeah, hey, hello. How are you? Co-host. Um, you, not the people listening. Oh, oh me? I'm fine. Yeah, because they're not going to respond immediately. No, nope, they're probably not. <clears throat> It'll be a slight delayed response. I'll try not to cough too much. This weather's kind of fun. Everyone, every time it kind of changes into like fall-ish winter time, it's like my... Uh, like my nose is just not cool with it. Yeah, yeah, I'm coming off of one, and we uh, <coughs> when we were out hunting the other day, that was definitely the worst coffin fit I've ever had. Yeah, no, you were like a hundred yards away from me, and it <laughs> sounded like you were behind me. At first, I was like, I'm like, that's way too close to be Tyler. Like maybe it's a deer, cause deer sneeze and cough too. Yeah, deer cough, and I was like, is it? And they sound eerily like. A person um didn't know that yeah whenever they cough like it's a weird sound like you're like is that a is that? so so then i texted you i was like that's a weird deer call you're making over there whenever um when i did i had that coughing fit uh, i was like man I, I i gotta muffle it and i didn't have my face mask on at the time it was sitting up on my forehead yeah and um so i'm, I'm sitting there and because i just taken my I think I took my face off or face mask off. Took your face off. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, kind of like took Nicolas my face Cage mask off John Travolta. And, um, I was trying to get the uh, my phone to read my face, and I so I lifted it up. I was like, "Oh no, I feel this cough coming on." So I quick <laughs> pulled it down for some stupid reason, and mucus came out <laughs> in that cough, and I was like, I felt it on my face. I'm like, Oh, gross! <laughs> yeah, it was so nasty. Then I'm sitting there with with it on my face, and it's squished up against my face. I'm like, "What am I gonna do with this now?" So I sat there with my. I didn't want to take it off, and then it would be on the back side of my head. So yeah. I have mucus snot all over my front of my face and on the back of my head. Was, That's always gross. Great. <clears throat> Very gross. That's phenomenal. So we did see. Uh... We did see the big boy, the big buck that we've been keeping an eye on. Well, I saw him. You, I talked to him. You may have talked to him or another buck. You may have been talking. I don't know who I you're talking I think I might have talked to him. Yeah. You're, the, you're first one, to... the first one and I, uh, we definitely had a conversation because yeah. he was on the opposite side of me. Yeah. And then the other one, I'm thinking I had a conversation with, uh, because I had a conversation with the first one, called in another one. Yeah, the other one decided to start chit-chatting. Man, you were sweet talking them is what was going on. It was on. great, man. Yeah, because you were over there making doe calls and and you got got a couple bucks uh, talking back to you. Got them all excited. <laughs> yeah, man, they would have been disappointed if they came by. <laughs> Where's that hot doe at? <laughs> it's like that. Uh, she, she sounded real sweet. That's like that. Uh, that's that the, meme. He was thinking with his willy. Now he's in my chili. <laughs> so here's a funny thought. Deer calling, a hunter calling in deer with a deer uh, call. That's like the uh, that's like the catfishing of the of the deer world. <laughs> you think about that? you know on online dating, you're like, oh, she's you know, you get, they they get you know the the typical situation where it's like they'll put a picture of like a hot chick, and it turns out it's just some old fat guy in his mom's basement. <laughs> <clears throat> that's what the deer are like. They're like, man, I this hot doe, she's She's talking to me. She's talking to me. She's she's talking real sweet. I'm gonna go see what she's all about. Oh man, it's just a, it's just a hunter sitting now, in if his I get blind. that If I get that uh, hunter decoy, yeah, uh, I, I think I might at that point, I'll have the the full catfish yeah. effect. Yeah, that is. That's like your that's like your fake profile pic <laughs> with that decoy <laughs> put out there. Man, these bucks are just gonna be. That's just not fair. Almost. <laughs> well, you get you get dopey. Um, you get your calls, and then you've got this decoy out there. I mean, that is just wrong. 
That's just it's terribly be great. wrong. <laughs> oh man! <clears throat> so I didn't see anybody uh, toting around the uh, the open carry on the no first open carry day. Neither did I. I mean, well, it's been it's been legal to open carry, but with constitutional carry, you you'd think that theoretically there would be more people carrying than have before because there's no requirement for a concealed carry permit anymore. True. But but I didn't see I didn't see anybody. Open and carry. also, <clears throat> so that that goes against all of the fears that everyone had. They said, "Oh, we we there's going to be blood in the streets. Yeah, there's going to be blood in the streets. It's going to be like the Wild West out there." Um, which is a huge common misnomer. Do you know in the Wild West you weren't allowed to carry guns in most towns and cities anyways? I did not. That's kind of whenever carry regulations kind of came about was uh, was back. Because what, what, what would happen is they would, cities or towns, they would say that you weren't allowed to carry firearms in their towns and you'd have to check their the guns in with the sheriff whenever you came into town. That's when concealed carry became a thing. People, you know, it was usually, you know, outlaws. Man, it'd be kind of hard to conceal carry those guns back then. <laughs> yeah, but also back then, <laughs> mind you, you get to, you know, if you're riding on the dusty trail, you got those big duster cowboy jackets and stuff. So yeah, it uh, it, you, it would look weird if if you were walking around in a duster jacket today. People are like, what's that guy doing? You know. <clears throat> yeah. True. So now I didn't see anybody. It wasn't like the Wild West out there. And, uh, and, uh, it's, they're, it basically went off without incident, more or less, as far as I know. Yep. Sure enough. I haven't heard anything about it. <clears throat> at least, uh, at least it hasn't come up on the news, and you bet your bottom dollar that if something did come up out God, of it. that have blown it up. It'd have been all over the news, <clears throat> for sure. Here's the thing about, um, the removal of concealed carry permitting that an aspect that I think gets a little bit overlooked that people that that allows it opens up and gives back the rights to people who and it makes it more attainable for some people so people could say well if you can afford to have a pistol then you can afford the hundred dollar you know fee to to get your concealed carry permit right well, sure. And, and whatever the cost of the, I mean, most classes are like what, like fifty bucks or something. I don't know. I've always been exempt from classes. Sixty so. to a hundred bucks, depending on who you go through. Yeah, so it's not that expensive. It's not really cost prohibitive, you would say. But there's some people that that is a little bit unattainable, and then perhaps they were given a gun as a gift, or it was you know passed down by their grandfather or something like that, and so they have a firearm, but they can't, and they can legally own it, but they just can't carry it because you know they would otherwise be able to pass said test they would you know be able to pass the background check and all that stuff but it's just you know uh, 200 bucks that's just too much and i just and i'm working too much i don't have the time that's the big thing is the time required because to get a concealed carry permit in oklahoma it's not super expensive but boy is it inconvenient because you get like five different agencies to go to to get your permit oh, yeah. passed through. Because the OSBI, the Oklahoma State Board of Investigations, I, I think believe that's it. what it is. They they handle the permitting, the issuance of. They're not they're not the issuing body, but they handle the the basically all the background checks and all that stuff, and then they they print you and give you your license. But what you have to do is first you apply. <laughs> Then you have to, and, and with that application process, um, then you have to go pull your background check. You do. You do. Not the not the agency. Not, not the investigation agency that investigates. You have to go take to them. So you have to go to the county sheriff's department in the county that you lived in and have lived in for the past how many years? Is it 10 years? It's at least three to five. Something like that. At least. So for some people, let's say they moved um, and they lived in three different counties in that time period. Well, now they have to go to three different sheriff's departments, pull three Sometimes those, uh, those sheriff's departments charge 15 bucks <clears throat> for each one. Yeah. So that costs money and time. That's a big thing is it costs time. And then beyond that, you also have to then um, get your fingerprinting done. Because they don't handle that at um, OSBI, um, you have to you you can get that done at the sheriff's department. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, 
so you have to get your fingerprinting done, and then so you can kind oh, of. And you you also have to send them uh, uh, pictures from a sheriff's office as well. Yeah, it can't be. Um, you can't go to Walgreens and get your own. No, you can't yeah. go get like your a passport type picture. No. It has to be done from the sheriff's department. Exactly. So then you have to go to OSBI. You have to either physically hand that packet into them or you have to mail it in. Um, but mailing it in is kind of a bit of a risk because it may... They might lose it. It, it might get which, lost. with Cleet, they actually did. With, yeah. uh, with my um, concealed carry license, they didn't. But I've heard countless times that they have. So... I mean, you're you're leaving that up to somebody, and so now you got a check just floating out there. Yeah. And what's funny you, is which, which Cleet, you can... whenever I when they lost mine with Cleet, uh-huh. they said, "Yeah, we never got it." Yet at the same time, they cashed the check, <laughs> and the check was with the packet. Yeah. <laughs> Keith, yeah, Keith they, and I sent ours in lose together. That. They're not going to lose that. <laughs> no. Which really ticked Keith and I off. It's like. Okay, how did you seem to find the check, but you didn't find the paperwork that was with it? Yeah. They got Keith's, but they didn't get mine. Yeah. And they were in the same envelope. Uh-huh. That makes loads of sense. Oh, yeah. Well, it pissed me off. Yeah. Is this a family show? <laughs> well, I think so. Is, is pissed an okay word? I think so. <laughs> this is a weird thing. Um, So, growing up, for whatever reason... I never considered that to be a cuss word. I guess because, like, my my mom, who would never, ever swear, she would say piss. And uh, it didn't, uh, to me, I was like, so I just always thought, well, that's not a... That's not a bad word. It's not a bad word. I didn't think it was. Uh, And then I met other people growing up. They're like, watch your mouth. I'm like, oh, is that... (laughs) Are we not allowed to say that? I never, never knew it was a cuss word. I only started saying it till after I moved out of the house. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And after I came back from Bible college. Oh, yeah. It's after Bible college is whenever you, <laughs> yeah, you get to Bible college and then they're like, hey, check out this word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, uh, the word, even the word crap, they were uh, against yeah. that. Which is funny because to me it's about the intent of the word. Because technically, any euphemism is really a swear word. So if you say, you know, if, like I like, to, I say "son of a biscuit" all the time. That's basically <laughs> cussing. You know, yeah, <clears throat> it's not the it's not deemed a cuss word. So uh, one of my former uh, employees, whenever she would be having problems with uh, a customer and or um, a, a NVR. And trying to hack into it to fix it or whatever, she would yeah. be um, she, for networking issues, or whatever she'd remotely say. link in. Hacking yeah. has seemed so it's so uh, devious. <laughs> yeah, but um, she would say, "Mother, may I?" And every time, whenever <clears throat> this is before she was on with us, that she would say that, and I'd yeah. be working with her, and I'd say, "Nope, no, you can't. <laughs> and, no, you may not." <laughs> but um. At first, I didn't realize why she was saying that. She was uh, <laughs> censoring herself, which yeah, was yeah. hilarious. Still a euphemism. I mean, a euphemism is still, I mean, the intent is still there, so it's technically swearing, I think. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't see why it wouldn't be. Um, <clears throat> I'm getting a message. All right. Um, actually, speaking of messages, I've got a message from our sponsor, and I have not been introducing said message from our sponsor um, here lately, but I have been. I've switched it to in the middle of our show because it makes a little bit more sense for the flow. So I will. Um, we will take a quick break for the message to our sponsor. And we're back. We are back <clears throat> from that short break. So uh, I don't think we were. Where were we? Oh, um, actually, I wanted you. Um, I wanted you to take a look at this. I don't know if you've seen this. Have you seen this reverse um, food camera? I don't think so. It's the weirdest thing. It's the most peculiar thing ever. So check this out. (laughs) I I saw this post on Facebook. um, And uh, I'll link it in the video. 
it's this uh i guess it's at uh, like sports events and stuff There's, they've got this video of people uh like in reverse eating and it's the most <laughs> peculiar thing ever. it's like they're puking it up <laughs> except it's coming back like in in one piece and it's just i never had uh, thought of that before um that was just weird so um so now that i've got that out of the way i wanted to get into the topic that i really wanted to talk about today was uh business regulations red tape as it were yeah i like red tape so we both of our businesses are almost polar opposites whenever it comes to regulations and industry uh, the industry regulations so automotive technician automotive mechanics Reg- relatively unregulated industry. Um, I mean, obviously, there's there's so there's always there's always the basic regulations that all businesses have to abide by, and generally speaking, the vast majority of those basic regulations involve taxes. Sure. Em- you know, employment tax, you know, payroll taxes, unemployment taxes, uh, income taxes to the state and the IRS, and then obviously your articles of incorporation and and you know filing um, with the state. Um, uh, state secretary's office and all that stuff. That's kind of your basic regulations that a blanket apply to like every business, right? Mm-hmm. But in a lot of industries, there are additional burdensome regulations. Yours being one of them, the home security installation um, company. What's funny about the home security being regulated is we have to have regulations because we're working with low voltage. And, uh, or so they say, yet at the same time, um, the guys that are doing AV, uh, uh, audiovisual, yeah. uh, home and home theater systems. And yet at the same time, they don't No, they, they don't have, they don't carry have the same licensing and they don't have any yeah. licensing and, to get into theirs. And they and more frequently have the opportunity to have to work with high voltage. Exactly. So, yeah. And... So they don't have regulation when it comes to going and getting their license when it comes to high voltage, yet an electrician does. Yeah. And on the flip side, they don't have to go get a reg- or any uh, licenses when they're working with low, low voltage. voltage either, which yet you guys. we do. So let's break it down with how many licenses are involved in running your business. So you have... Um, we I guess the com- uh, the the commercial fire. We we don't well, use a commercial fire. Let's build the list from like the lowest end of the totem pole on sure. up. Sales. So, a security a home security system. Someone selling home alarms requires a salesman license. Mm-hmm. So that's one license which requires training. All of these licenses require some form of a training. Uh, you have to take a class. Uh, well, you pass don't, a you test. don't actually have to take a class. The thing is, you're not passing that test unless you do take a class. So, yeah, yeah but there's a test. And there's a test involved. Um, there's no, there's no like hour requirements of training or whatever. No. But there is, there is a, there's a test, and to, in order to prepare yourself for that test, you got to take a class more or less. So there's the sales license. You have to have a license to sell security. The funny thing is, also just a uh, caveat to that. Yeah. The sales and the technician test is the exact same test. The only difference is how you apply for that test. Yeah, exactly. Which is why a lot of the time salesmen will get technician licenses, even if they're not really going to, because... Well, yes and no. A lot of salesmen, um, even though they are uh, only going for the sales side, Mm -hmm. they will actually, a lot of them will only go for the sales license because they don't want the ability to install. Yeah, because uh, just in case they that way they don't get their boss can't yeah. say, "Hey, can you uh, do this while you're there?" Yeah, yeah. And hey, can you fix this uh, door contact while you're at exactly. it? Exactly. Can you activate the system or what have you? They just want to sell it and get on out of there. So you have your sales license, and then you have your technician license required for installing home security systems. You have your business manager's license, which is required uh, at least one person in the company has to hold that license in order for that company to operate. Um, well, and then you also have the company license. And then you have the company license as well. So the company has to be licensed, but the company license is not good enough to manage it. 
No. Nope. You also need, so you have to, so basically the bare minimum for a home security system company to operate in the state of Oklahoma, you need four licenses. You can condense that down to three if your sales guy has a technician license or your technicians do your selling. So you have bare minimum three licenses to hold. More likely than not, you have four. But then moving on to commercial, because you can install fire uh, smoke alarms in residential, but you can't do anything on the on commercial, commercial side. side until you pick up a, a commercial fire. It's not like the equipment's really hardly any different either. I mean, um, it's slightly. It's it's because like you can't do commercial fire with two gig right now, can you? You have to no, use. You it still has to be it's basically be Honeywell. Hardwire. Yeah, it has to be hardwire, and Honeywell is basically the panel that you guys are. Uh, there's done. a bunch of actually uh, fire systems. But aren't, isn't Honeywell? Honeywell is your guys' go-to. Um, red. Yeah, Honeywell. probably. Yeah. So, probably yeah. So you have that commercial fire <clears throat> being your fifth license. Am I missing? Oh, there's CCTV. In order to install CCTV, access control, access control, um, nurse call. Yes, your medical alert. We're never going to get in nurse call. So you require in order to do a in order to just install camera systems, you have to have a separate. So you could be licensed as a home security technician, but you can't install camera systems until you get your CCTV license. Correct. Can't install. um, But get this, most audiovisual companies install cctv yeah because there's the cctv system will they the the audiovisual uh, companies that manufacture it uh-huh. well they they make cctv nvrs and yeah uh, all that so why not just go ahead and throw it in who's gonna check yeah and that's the thing the state will run around and follow my trucks around because my trucks are pretty well known and this and is this is a department of labor that's in that's basically the governing body of yeah. all these regulations and licensing for your business so so and then access control being um like if uh like uh like gate systems would be one uh, where you put <clears throat> we have multiple pins and mag locks on magnetic uh, locks office doors mm-hmm. or um if you're wanting to keep people out of certain rooms, you can put yeah. different style. key card key card access, yeah. so like the wireless key cards, the RFID cards, and stuff. That's your access control, um, nurse call. So that's eight licenses. Are we missing any? There's another. I feel like there's more licenses involved in. I'm pretty sure there is. There's probably another one out there. And each one of those fields uh, <laughs> has a sales license and a technician's license. But if yeah. you get your technician's license, and you can also do sales. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, so basically... And each the, one also has a, um, what's it called? A trainee license. Trainee license, yeah. Now, if you get your trainee license, uh, then you can only work in that field that uh, somebody else has already got the license in. Yeah. But if you get a license, say a technician license in Resberg and Fire, then you can that can act as a trainee license for CCTV. It's complicated, too. It's stupid. This whole thing is overcomplicated. And and so all of these licenses, the majority of these licenses are put in place, and this is the same sentiment for basically any regulation in any industry. These licenses were created and regulations were created under the guise of public safety and consumer protection. So the argument for a salesman needing a license is consumer protection. And because they don't want some fly-by-night coming into town, and we still have them anyways, but coming into town and um, selling just to sell and they say and, and they'll say big bucks yeah. and then skipping town when they say that that you know one of the, one of the arguments for cuz when i ask it was like why does a salesman need a license back when i was working with you guys and the and the usually answer is well they don't because there's a background check so there's a background check involved with every single one of these licenses um, and fingerprinting basically it's it's done by the same the the application process is done through OSBI it's the same as same as your concealed carry, concealed permit. carry or your cleat or your cleat yeah your your armed security unarmed security so there's a background check and fingerprinting so they say well in case you have like a felon who's just trying to case the place coming in and he gets a layout of your home and he discusses with you your concerns for your security weak points at your house then 
he can't just do that because he has to get a background check so we can prove that he's a safe guy. Or even if he is licensed and he they do break into now we have his, you know, we have his fingerprints on file so that way we can protect you. That's the consumer protection um guys that it's placed oh, under. Yeah. But that's not the real reason. The real reason is to 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 limit competition, make it cost prohibitive and time prohibitive and difficult to enter into the industry and start. Well, that'd a new be company. all great and well if they actually did anything. Because there's a company here in town that's one of my biggest competitors, and yet at the same time, they don't have a single person that has a manager's license on staff right yeah. now. <clears throat> I know that for a fact that they don't have well, single manager, <laughs> uh, a licensed manager. On staff right now, they just fired him. And you get, um, and you get these other companies that seem somehow managed to skirt around the regulations, um, like Simply Safe. Uh, that like I don't think they hold. They drop ship your system to you, so they don't hold. They com- really could care oh, less. I know another license we were missing: dealer license. In well, order that would to be the company license. Oh, the company license includes yeah. the dealer license in order to sell the yeah. um, equipment. So. Um, so they, that, they, they'll hold they a dealer make, license. They make sure that you put your license number on the truck, yeah. which I've seen other company trucks running around town, plastering their name all over their friggin' truck. Uh-huh. And yet at the same time, they don't have the license number all over the truck mm-hmm. like Keith and I have. So it really irritates Keith and I whenever, okay. Don't you, you have to have, have it on to. three sides? Um, or is it just one place on your truck that's required? I think it's one place that's required and or it's on, uh, on, at least two sides. Yeah. But Keith and I, we made sure it was on, I think it's all on three. all four. All three, maybe all four. It's not on the front. With the vans, it is. With the, uh, with trucks, the trucks, now it's are. not. Yeah. So. I, this is the, and so this is where, because it gets, it's bothersome to me, these regulations. And here's the deal. Like, it's kind of a, not really a huge deal for me as a mechanic shop owner because we like there's there you don't need to have any sort of like mechanic shop owners license or or a uh, shop manager license or a uh, service writer license Th- these things aren't necessary probably yet and here's my canary in the coal mine uh, like I, I this is what i say i say that more likely than not the mechanic side of things will probably be fine in oklahoma I'll start getting concerned about regulations and licensing once I see general contractors requiring to carry um, licensing. You so what I, the only field that I really think should have licenses is people that are um, building massive buildings. I say no. And you well, know, like, well, what I, what I mean by is that is the, um, say, say someone's building a, uh, three or four story building. Okay, that needs to be no, it doesn't regulated Here, some way. Here's where here's where I don't whether it be care. The permits. Well, and that's my point. Like yeah. you shouldn't the business or the the individual building this building shouldn't have to carry any sort of licensing because we still have to pull permits and have inspections. True. So what's the point of permitting and inspecting things if you know like so it's so whenever it comes to building. Um, codes and regulations and licenses required to be carried by electricians, plumbers, um, HVAC, and roofers, but not general contractors. You can put the foundation down, build the studs, throw the sheetrock up, but you better not put touch of the roof, electrical, mechanical, or plumbing. So doctors, they definitely need licenses. Yeah. I mean, well, they need training, I agree, Um, and they go to school. You know, if but they're going to be working on my on my body. I want to know that they actually know what they're doing. Majority of the time, they don't, anyways. <laughs> so here's the he, when it comes to like building a building, right? The codes and regulations in, in there are under the guise of public safety. You know, it's like, oh, we don't want an electrician to put the wiring in wrong and cause someone to either either cause a house fire or electrocute someone, and so it's you know to prevent. Injury or death. <clears throat> so it's it's to pre- prevent injury or death. But the, um, the, the, con- the thing is, though, is I could, not being a licensed electrician, if I go and install electrical work in a house, say as we're doing new construction, I throw all the wires in and all that stuff, and I do a, a shoddy job, licensed or not, but let's say I'm not licensed you know what's going to happen if the building inspector 
does his job right, he's going to be like, oh, this can't, this can't work. You know, we don't, you don't pass inspection until you fix this, 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 and this. Right. True. So what's the point of having someone licensed in the first place? Do it. Now, one could argue in cases where permits aren't required to be pulled and inspections done, that it's there to protect the individual, I guess, you know, so that way someone doesn't have an electrician come in, do electrical work in their house that didn't require permitting or inspections. And then they end up getting electrocuted because someone didn't put in a GCFI um, outlet in their bathroom. And so, I mean, you could argue that, but it's always done. It, it, the, the reality is whenever it comes to like, if it came to like new construction, I don't see a reason why any of those trades require a license because it's being, it's being inspected anyways. Let's say, well, things get missed on inspections. Well, then maybe we should be more careful with our inspections perhaps instead of overlooking things. Well, a lot of those inspections, uh, if the inspector that comes through happens to know the builder per se, and they're over the, over time, the builder, uh, becomes good friends. He, he, he uh, oh, yeah, sweet they just, talks that inspector. Yeah. They just, they just I, blow straight in, that inspection. I've been in the homes that are newer homes Oh yeah, and the stud that goes from the, um, the attic, basically the attic floor, yeah. to the roof all the way at the peak and you grab a hold of that board and it gives yeah and this home's not a month old yeah and you're well, sitting there going whoa, whoa, whoa. that's the someone uh, probably needs them yeah a lot down. of times inspections get rubber stamped and we've got a friend of ours um you know jameson their house um uh, th- their house uh they ended up with a bunch of water damage in one in their second bathroom because the HVAC guy didn't run a drain line from the uh, the the air handler unit that was upstairs in the attic, right? Nice. And that house passed an inspection, you know, because and it was done by a licensed individual, and that still. So here's the deal. You know what was you know what you know what's going to happen in the future. They're never going to use that same guy for HVAC work ever again. No. They're never going to use that same general contractor because their house was basically built. Like, it, it was it was a remodel, but, like, 70% of the house, because the house was, uh, most of it burned down in a fire before they bought it, got a hold of it, and they, they came, people, they came they through. gutted it and redid it. Gutted it and added on, like, big additions. The house is, basically doesn't resemble anything what the house was before. So it's not really a remodel as much as it is, like, a... It, it's like a, I mean, like, I think like 70% of the house is, is new, right? So <clears throat> they're never going to use that contractor again. They're not going to use that, that, uh, that HVAC guy for certain. Um, and, and, you know, they're upset about the whole fact that, you know, that was missed on per, that's a simple thing too. run a drain line. No drain line was ran. So it caused a whole bunch of, uh, water damage. Um, that's right over the top of the bathroom. So they re- really could have ran it into a uh, drain pipe that probably was coming to yeah. the attic anyway. Yeah, one of the vent pipes. But I don't know if that's code or not. Or I, what. I have no idea. But they could have ran it. It would be easy to run it. It was just something that was overlooked and forgotten. I don't know how you forget that if you're an, if you're a good HVAC technician. <clears throat> yeah. But they forgot it. So here's here's, I guess, what my point is with it is that Generally speaking, the the free market, you know, your work is going to speak for itself. So licensed or not, if you're bad at your job, you won't be in business very long. It's, True. It's not, it's not commonplace that people who are good at their jobs or who are bad at their jobs remain in business for a very long time. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes it happens, sort of. I know of a few, few industries, uh, like there's a... Um uh home vacuum system company um that he we almost we almost bought his company without really doing a whole lot of homework on uh-huh. it. and we asked him for his books to see where he was at how he was uh how pro- profitable and all that and I'm so glad we did because he goes oh, I don't keep keep very good books <laughs> and we're like well, isn't that kind of part important when it comes to business? Yeah. 
He goes, I just don't ever have time. I don't, well, this is. And he actually lives in your neighborhood. He lives like uh, somewhere. Uh, oh, I think I know street. who you're talking about. You're talking about, he does uh, carpet cleaning. Mm, no. No. Not carpet. No. Okay. No, he's a different guy. Though. He's a um, central back. Company. Central. Okay. That's what I thought you meant at first, but when you said he lives in my neighborhood. And uh, then he also, uh, now he's also added uh, garage. Um, garage doors? No. Redoing, remodeling garages t- for to make them really nice. Oh. Like epoxy in the floors mm-hmm. and putting up the really nice garage yeah. cabinet tree so and all that crap. Here in Oklahoma, general contractors don't require licenses. And I know, I know of like a, several general contractors that I would hire for my stuff, and they like, and I don't have to, the, I don't have to worry about it because I'm not con- because they don't have a license. The reason why I know that I would hire them is I've seen their work, I know how it. W- and in these day, this day and age, it's not hard to do a little bit of homework on a company. And find out that the company is either a bad company or a good company, regardless of the licensing. The license doesn't determine. And here's another thing about a lot of these licenses. Getting these licenses does not mean that you're good at your job either. No. So, for instance, I took and passed the test for um, uh, the uh, technicians, home security technician license, right? Yeah. And, uh, in fact, I got a higher score than you did, and I had been, and I have, I haven't even installed half the types of systems that you have. True. All that means is that I'm good at taking tests. (laughs) Exactly. And taking notes during a class. I'm really good at it. But, but I can tell you, like, I can tell you definitively you're better at installing security systems than I am. Like, there's no doubt about it. Like there, like if you ask me to, especially when it comes to the wired stuff, like the Honeywells and stuff, that I really like, I have a general grasp of how it works, but I never had any experience in having to do it. But it doesn't make doesn't make doesn't mean that I'm a good install tech. And no, it just means you took a good test. Means I took a good test. So getting that license doesn't mean. So I can the probably. Thing is, whenever I was, uh, it, it took me. I want to say it took me after that test that I finally passed. Uh-huh. I think it took me seven times total that I finally passed it. Mm-hmm. And what irritates me so much is they made every time I took or w- paid for another test, another 75 bucks yeah. for a reapplication fee. And I finally passed it with the uh, going, which was another 500 bucks for the course and then yeah actually no i think it was 250 yeah it was like 200 something Uh, but i think we got like a discount because there are like three of us that went yeah but when it came when it was all said and done i spent every bit of close to a thousand almost 1500 bucks just to finally get through licensing testing licensing and regulations for businesses are two things this is what they really are they're one a means to restrict and prohibit competition Mm-hmm. in the marketplace and two a racket to make money for some sort of organization that's, oh sure that's really all they are there's they're they're not for consumer protection they're not for public safety they're in general and and you have because you have unregulated industries in um plenty of states that aren't that that aren't it's not like so you can Venture to guess that every or the vast majority of structures and buildings, especially on the residential side in Oklahoma, were built by unlicensed contractors because there's no licensing requirement for general contractors in Oklahoma. But yet at the same time, you don't, you know, lean up against a wall every five seconds and it fall over. True. For some reason, these walls are standing. Why are they standing? Because someone was good at their job. Regardless so, of the licensing process. They're about, uh, I think it was about a year ago, the um, Oklahoma, oh, I think it was the Oklahoma Labor Department sent out an email, or maybe it was um, the Oklahoma Berg Fire um, Association, I can't remember exactly. Somebody sent out an email to all the security companies asking if we as other security companies felt like we needed to regulate the audiovisual company 
co- or companies. Yeah. And because we were being so regulated, we said yes. <laughs> yeah. And then come and that's to find what it out, <clears throat> they still didn't push it through. Well, and this is what happens is, usually when more regulations are entered into other industries, it's because other companies are saying, look, we have to abide by these, so let's make it as difficult for everyone else. Yeah. And I'm 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 of the opposite mindset because I say, look, even if even if I were burdened by, let's say, you know, you required a shopkeeper's license in order to be in order to be a automotive mechanic shop, but tire shops didn't require licensing. If I were asked to vote on whether or not tire shops required licensing, I would say no. Just because, because that, and, and here's the other, here's the thing is though, 90% of mechanic shop owners would say, yes, they should be because we're, we're burdened by it. So now let's make them get burdened by it because we're, you know, having to deal with it. So, so should they. And that's how the spread of regulations occur. Because at the beginning of time, or not the beginning of time, but the beginning of the industry that whatever you're in, at some point or another, there was no licensing or regulations because it was a new industry. True. And so when there was no licensing or regulations, what happened is the uh, big guys who had already been established in business said, you know what? We should establish regulations and licensing so that way these other people can't just pop up shop and start, you know, becoming competition for us. That's really what it is, honestly. And all this, in the... And here's where it becomes burdensome, burdensome for small businesses particularly, because it's not that big of a deal for larger businesses. I mean, it is a big deal, and, it, and, and the costs are exponential. But that being said, the bigger businesses typically can't afford the time involved in it, because they can devote entire... Because a lot of large companies, there's entire departments that are, that are set aside for... Um, uh, regulations and compliance. They have the co- they have what's called the compliance compa- uh, compliance um, department, right? So let's take for instance uh, transportation. Uh, a, a truck driving company is heavily regulated, right? Oh, sure. So you get um, a small mom and pop shop where it's you know one guy and his truck and that's it. He has to do all of that. He he has to go. He has to carry around a stack that's a uh, you know like a freaking phone book in his truck full of certific- certificates, um, registrations, and licenses, and sort certain particular tags for the, each different state that he travels through, and all this garbage. Right? He has to deal with that. Swift Transportation, largest trucking company in America, um, they. Uh, they have a department called the compliance department and they probably have every bit of dozens of employees that that's all they do. So though Swift has to pay more money because they're bigger for these licenses and, 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 um, and, you know, and basically keeping in check with for them time wise, it's not as big of a deal. So if me say I'm the solo, you know, owner operator of this trucking company, I have to handle that all on my own on my off time after I'm done driving 10 hours a day, six days a week. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so for me, if there's a compliance issue, it's more it's more taxing to a smaller company than it is the large company. It may cost them uh, larger amounts of money because it's a larger company, but it's as far as the time component of it, it's not as big of a deal because they have a department that can handle it. So it's easier for them to stay in compliance, um, even though they're a larger company and there's more that could be overlooked. They have an entire department devoted to remaining in compliance with regulations and licenses. <clears throat> now. <coughs> Take, for instance, in your industry, you know, I guarantee you ADT being like uh, one of the largest companies, if not the largest security company in, um, in the nation, right? Guarantee you they have a compliance department, hands down. It wouldn't surprise me. AT&T, I know <clears throat> that they um, are now in the security game as well as Cox. Yeah. And I'm pretty positive um, that here in the state, because we uh require licenses they uh decided to uh i'm pretty positive they're paying off the state and uh-huh. because so all of their phone technicians uh 
because phones are going away of the uh, dodo bird in in a sense. Um, landlines are no longer. So I got a feeling what they're doing is replacing the uh, phone technicians with security technicians. Yeah. And I'm pretty positive, not 100%, but I'm pretty positive, they paid off the state to not have um, licenses yeah. or not be followed well, that's around a, And that's much. another thing that, that a large company can do that a small business can't do is that they've got a little bit more cash to throw around and they have more they have more money to put into lobbyists and lobbying to get things pushed in there get special permitting get special consideration and stuff like that you, you like so the difference in compliance with regulations with your business versus like a large company like ADT or Cox or AT&T is that the the people who have to handle that are the people who are also having to go do sales calls and install systems and do and 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 do all of this stuff <clears throat> do everything um, uh, involved with running the business you also have this additional thing to do right so I saw this uh, this uh, interesting uh, video um, and it and it and it in the in the industry of like food service or food preparation, they're extremely regulated, and they have plenty of governing bodies to really bother them um, with their regulations. So, <clears throat> I saw this guy who's talking about red tape and regulations on his uh, business, and that was he he had um, like sugar free. He was building he was making sugar free cookies for diabetics. Because right. he, he has diabetes, and he's like, it wouldn't it be nice if we had a good-tasting snack or a good-tasting cookie that we could eat? So, good concept. And it was a, you know, is good enough, uh, it's good good business. He was making, he's making money, but he has slim profit margins. And the reason, the main reason why he has slim profit margins was due to compliance, right? So, <clears throat> so his, so if you are a cookie, if you're a bakery... You were regulated by the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, the USDA, U.S. Department of Agriculture, the uh, state uh, safety, um, the health, state health, health and department health department. Or... Yes, um, and and then a few other, uh, probably a, a OSHA is another one. Obviously, if you own a bakery and you have employees, so you have the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. Um, so that's four, just four that are probably. Uh, more, and there's probably more departments and, um, and, and government and regulatory committees that regulate that business. So he tells a story about um, how his, you know, he has an inspection by one of these. It's like probably the FDA or something. <clears throat> the FDA comes in and says they have this, this swinging door into the back of their shop, into their bakery, right? And it swings out. FDA comes by and says, that can't swing out. It has to swing in. It's against the rules. Oh, and you have 30 days to fix it or you get fined. So he switches it to where it swings in instead of swinging out. And I may get the details slightly mixed up, but it's the same. Nice it's, idea. Yeah. So um, the uh, OSHA comes by or, or the health inspector, someone, another organization comes by. And after he had changed it from swinging out to swinging in because the other company or the other regulation uh, regulatory committee told him that he had to have it swinging in otherwise he'd get fined comes by and says hey this door has to swing out he said but i just switched it because i have to i just had an inspection that told me and he showed them the paperwork that i has to swing in he says well i don't care you has to swing out or you're going to get fined so which is it so he had to switch it around again so that he wouldn't get fined it got so bad to the point where he kept two sets of doors two different doors so dependent upon who is coming to inspect him to switch out. So I would at that point see if you could get both of the um, inspectors there on the same day. Well, that's the thing, and then have them duke it out. Yeah, well, that, so, and make sure you get it on video, and that way you can have the video of them duking it out because that would be hilarious. Well, my point, <laughs> my point with that is, who is that helping? If, oh yeah, I mean, all that's doing. 
is that co- that cost him time, cost him money. And he says, like, you know, he works like 60 hours a week or 80 hours a week or something like that. And he said of those 80 hours, like two-thirds of that is spent on, um, on stupid, uh, stuff. stupid stuff like that, compliance, reg- you know, compliance. Most of this time is cons- is spent with compliance, and and I, that's why <clears throat> most people will not go into business, because most people once they, if they do get started, yeah, and they get going with regulation or with they're tr- trying to get regulated with everything that they're supposed to be doing right, then when the time arises that someone comes down and says, hey, you can't do it this way, and then someone else says, hey. You can't do it that way. Yeah. You got to do it this way. Uh-huh. Well, what happens is like, man, this is just too much of a headache. I'll go yeah. be an employee. It's it's less it's less stress. And <laughs> so, it, it yeah, exactly. If and, you're just going to be an employee, it's so much easier for them this to say, is, hey, I don't have all the headache of being a boss. And this is on top of all of the other basic regulations and compliance that you have to maintain as just a business in general across all industries. You have these other industries that are more burdened that are more burdened with regulations. And I say that we really need to as a country, we if we expect our economy to do well, um, I mean small businesses really drive economy, especially local economy. And I agree with that. And and if we're what we really need to do is we need to take a good hard look at most of these industries and remove a lot of regulations on them because the am I getting too loud for you? Well, you just got closer to your mic. So I'm maintaining your volume so that you're the same volume, (laughs) whether you're closer or further. <clears throat> that way, uh, that way, it's the same, so that you're not getting louder and quieter. That's that's the that's called being a a phenomenal um, a multitasker. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm hosting and sound engineering and producing the show at the same time. So the the having if we reduce these regulations, it would be less burdensome to the small business, and it would be more conducive to local economy. There's a lot of pointless um, crap that's being dealt with. Uh, by all of these, uh, by all of these businesses, and and here's <clears throat> here's the thing. If if we were to remove a lot of these regulations, it's not really going to hurt anybody, and it and it's and it would be more benefit. It, it, so let's say let's say this: I have a re- relatively unregulated industry. Mm-hmm. I still spend a fair amount of time on compliance. And so you add more regulations, and it just takes more and more and more. It takes more time, more money. For instance, I just spent... Have you ever noticed, Keith, whenever <clears throat> uh, the state... I think it was, uh, it was about two years ago. We, uh, we were operating a uh, guard site uh, for Paul oh, yeah. Transportation. Yeah. And Keith, he got a call. We were on a job. And we, he got a call from uh, this guy, and he says, "Hey, I've got a um, birthday party for my daughter. She's turning 16, and I just need security for it." And so Keith's like, "Sure." And he's like, uh, "When c- or when and where could I meet you so that I can get some uh, paperwork uh, from you signed and this and that?" And Keith goes, "Well, I'm I'm on a job right now." Uh, doing a security uh, security install he goes you could come here and so <coughs> Keith does he goes out and meets the guy and this guy ruse or played a ruse to get Keith it was the Department of Labor wasn't it it well it was cleat <coughs> oh it was cleat yeah oh. and the this cleat inspector uh, he came out and met Keith and he goes so Basically, um, I was just wanting to see if you were uh, doing security guard, un- an unlicensed security guard, or what you're doing. He goes, you can't do that. And at that point, Keith is like, well, I've got my security guard license that I'm working on. Um, I don't have it in the in hand yet, but I've already filed for it. He goes, well, I went out to your uh, site guard site there in, at Paul Transportation, and... Um, so here's a $10,000 fine because you're operating as a security guard. Yeah. And Keith goes, do what? 
And he goes, no, we're not security guards out there. We're data entry. That's all we do. We log the semi-trucks coming and going. And mm-hmm. at that point, there was no gate to operate. It was yeah. just logging. Yeah. And um, because we had an employee that was formerly a security guard, and he was driving from Bartlesville, and he really had to have this job. <clears throat> Yet at the same time, he was falling asleep. And because he was falling asleep, we let him go. And he also let too many people on site. And so he that went were not and supposed to be on getting on site. Well, that particular employee went and reported you to clean. Exactly. <clears throat> and yeah. then on top of that, uh, about uh, I want to say three four months ago, he sent me a Facebook message to see if we were hiring again. <laughs> you think that I'm going to hire you? Yeah. No. Th- this is <sighs> and so you you have these. So, I mean, how much of that time, how much time was involved dealing with that? I mean, that was like, that was hours upon hours for weeks that Keith was, that Keith and you were devoting to that instead of providing a better service to your customers in other aspects of the business. And this is what I said, the more time I have to spend on dumb stuff, the less time I can spend on making my business more efficient, more cost effective, more, oh, yeah. more, more, whatever it is, it, I'm, it's detracting from the ability to offer a quality service and, um, uh, and uh, to, uh, to my customers. So it's, and it also detracts from the amount of money that I can make, which detracts from the amount of, because the more business I do, the more money my business spends at local establishments that, puts more well, money yeah. into the local economy when, when you have more money coming into your pocket well now you can go and spend it on more camping equipment yeah. or you can go spend it on more hunting equipment yeah. or you can spend it on going out to eat with your well, wife I'm talking about just in general as the volume volume of business increases also so too does the amount of money i'm spending on parts you know oh, and sure. the parts the the parts that i i buy purchase from a it's i mean it's a nationwide company now but it's a local parts store well, um, sure, but they're also going to spend more and more they, on local things. They say, spend money on local things too. Yeah, they they will provide. They they also they so they're providing they're providing local jobs. jobs. They're providing lots of local jobs. So the more money that I spend at this particular uh, parts store, the more part or the more employees there. You know, so if everyone gets to spend more money with them, they make more money. They hire more employees. They may hire so, a local security company to take care of their security i mean the money that i spend the money that i spend at that part store as of right now the volume of money that i'm spending there is enough to pay like four or five employees salaries oh sure so easily so let's say we double that well now now my my personal business even doubling that doesn't mean that they're going to add four or five more employees but if every mechanic shop but everybody might get a small bonus yeah or everybody might get and the thing is when and and like when you get a 500 hundred dollar bonus or whatever yeah some people may say that they uh, add that to their uh to pay off debt or whatever but what happens is a lot of people when they see that extra little bit what do most people do they, they go and it. they spend it on it taking up, their wife out to dinner. Yeah, it ends up in the or, local economy. Exactly. So, so people, do, like, a lot of people don't. If save you them. guys, if you guys weren't so burdened by regulations, licensing, I mean, how much money is spent on regulations and licensing? I mean, it's so much money exactly. that gets spent, and then in time and compliance. Every bit of close to every year, between all of our employees that need uh, licenses, and <clears throat> then the company license and the manager's license, all that crap. We spend every bit of close to two thousand dollars in licensing yeah. alone, and that's a small company. I mean, you get as far as um, employee employee wise, you know, you're talking you're talking what like three different three or four different people that you have to spend money on licenses. Imagine, imagine, you know, as you get, you know, if you were if you were to not have to spend that money on licenses, that could thank, be two thousand bucks that could be spread. Thank goodness we don't have continuing ed- education that we have to go through. Yeah, there's more. So. The money and time that's spent on compliance could otherwise be spent on other things, which could which could mean that your business would grow. And if your business grows, guess what? You spend more money at the local um, uh, five and dime. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't thinking that. Go down to the sock hop and get yourself a milkshake. No, I was thinking if you get you some more tight pants. It, it more money. <laughs> 
more money that you would be spending at the security um, the the uh, security equipment uh, dealer, which it, which is a local company. Yep. And they make more money, so then they get to hire another employee, or they get to. It goes back into the local economy, and and that's just one of. I mean, the compliance and regulations and licensing requirements for any industry is generally detracts from the quality of the local economy. It doesn't actually help anybody per se. And or if you didn't require so much cost prohibitive require if you didn't have so much cost prohibitive requirements to operate the business, maybe you could, you know, your your profit margins would be larger, so you'd either make more money or maybe even be able to provide the service to your customers at less cost. Sure. I mean, it's the same for so the reason why you know, brick and mortar mechanic shops have to charge as much as they do is their overhead costs are higher. That's why I can charge less than them. My overhead is lower. If my overhead were even lower, I would, I wouldn't have to charge anywhere. I wouldn't even have to charge what I charge now. Like, so like I, even just the basic compliance requirements that you have to deal with is already enough of a problem whenever it comes to like payroll taxes, um, unemployment, uh, uh, insurance and stuff like that. So, it's, I think, um, and there's, I think that honestly, there, there's a lot of industries that are almost lost causes and it's just too far gone. We're not going to get them deregulated. It would be a huge push. But I think if I could impart any information to anybody, it would be that think about this, especially as, you know, voting is coming up. We're getting, you know, we've got general elections and stuff coming up. Um, think about this whenever you cast a vote involving a regulation whenever it it look into the regulation and see if it would actually be helpful or useful to the uh, to the industry or to the individual or to the local economy don't just believe in whatever propaganda is going out there because generally if someone is saying hey vote yes for this proposition you know or the state question such and such vote yes for this because if we don't we're going to have a whole bunch of pirates coming in and doing eye exams which was you know uh, basically the the propaganda that we were getting whenever it came to whether or not we were allowed to have uh, have more or less that is optometrist in Walmarts, you know. Sure. The 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 regulation, whenever that got that didn't get voted through because we we wanted to keep the regulation involved because people just believe the propaganda that you know people were just I don't know what they were thinking you know if you went and got your eye exam at at Walmart then your eyeballs would fall out or something decrease so anytime if I could impart that I don't information. Know, I, I, I doubt the eyeballs are going to be falling out onto the street. Just I don't think so. As you're walking yeah. around, just well. For instance, one of the things that we more or less deregulated here in Oklahoma was the carrying of firearms. There's no longer a licensing required to do so. And guess what didn't happen? It wasn't. Uh, it's not blood in the streets. It's not blood in the streets. It's it's funny how that works out. It just made it less cost prohibitive and less time consuming for the average individual to be able to protect themselves without um without <laughs> and be able to carry a firearm and not you know be at risk um in dangerous neighborhoods or wherever they're at you know whatever the reason they want to carry a firearm good um and and so think about that i would say anytime if i could impart anything to the listeners is is if anything pops up if the if the, if the legislation the legislator wants to introduce um, more regulations, then it's wise to it's wise to look take a long hard look at that, and consider not allowing it to pass through would be my um, would be my personal opinion, um, and because it's it's just it's bad for small businesses, it's bad for the local economy, and it doesn't help anyone except for the people who are trying to limit competition, which is generally the larger companies that that uh, realistically small businesses aren't hardly competing with in the first place. So, hmm. um, it's a good thought. Any concluders? You have any concluding thoughts to add to this? Nope. Uh, no, that's, no. Uh, that's, we, we covered it. No other sentiments to add along with that. Um, oh. Spay and neuter your pets. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> spay or neuter your pets. Not span them. No. What? 
Well, when you said it at first, spay and neuter, it just ran kind of span neuter, spanuter. <laughs> well, spanutering is what happens if you have a uh, if you have a dog that identifies as both a male <laughs> and female. You get a spanuter then. It's yeah. a gender fluid dog. That's that's the treatment for a gender. Talking fluid. about gender fluidity. Uh, <laughs> last night I was uh, there on security team there at church and uh-huh. I'm sitting there in the dispatch office and. Um, there's a video that popped up on my Facebook that this lady or tranny, um, basically is calling for a hate crime against this guy because he wouldn't have sex with her huh. and, or him, w- yeah. whatever. However they identify. A shim. Um, and bless you. <laughs> and I just died laughing whenever I read that. I was like, um, No. I don't think that's how it works. I don't think that's <laughs> how you That's call not it a considered hate a hate crime. No. If that's considered a hate crime, well then, <sighs> man, I've, I've considered a lot of hate crimes against fat women. <laughs> <laughs> that's not fair. So, um, yeah, concluding thoughts. Is that it? Anyway. That's it. All right. I like your... <laughs> <laughs>